you know, if I can reach people that obviously are not musicians yeah. and, and they're just enjoying what they yeah. do, that, that was amazing. Speak Easy Studios. Speak and be heard. Welcome to the studio at 1201, where we are bringing you interesting conversations with entrepreneurs, creatives, leaders, and world changers to impact and inspire. Let's connect. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review with all the stars. And most importantly, remember you belong here. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Conversations With. And we got some fun talks that we're going to have today. Yes, uh, my do. name is Jeanette Brown. So happy to have you. And I'm, of course, joined by my co-host, the one and only Kelly Olives. What's hey up, Kelly? there. Oh, it's just a great day. It is a, it is it a is. great day. We live in Florida. Every day is a great day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, until that summer heat slaps. And it's not summer yet, and it's already slapping. But yeah, anyway. This is true. This <laughs> Yes. Uh, we have a phenomenally talented and interesting guest with us today. Going to be quite a conversation. Kelly, you want to share a little some fun facts? I would love to. So today we have with us uh, Claire Shore. Yes. Yes. She is a modern day composer, Oof. a singer. Mm. And most importantly, she is a dog lover. Snaps she wanted dog us. Lover. Yes, yes. <laughs> she she said that really should have gone first. But you know, we're so many of us are dog lovers. Yeah, but she, the composer singer part, that really sets her apart. We all love our dogs. <laughs> anyway, so a few really great things about Claire as she was the second woman to earn her Doctor of Musical Arts from Ju- and sorry in composition. From Juilliard. My goodness. I know. My goodness. And we found out today it was like a long stretch between the first and the second. And so she was kind of like the first again. (laughs) It's kind of how I like to say it. So. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Her works, her compositions have been performed at Carnegie Hall at the Lincoln Center um, and many, many different places like that. And I'm hoping we discover some more things about her with that. She is a huge promoter of uh, modern day composers. And um, anyway, we are so happy to have Claire with us Welcome, today. Claire. Well, I'm so delighted to be here. My <laughs> 20 goodness. minutes later, we're just going to brag about you. <laughs> yeah. We're just honored to have you here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, just sit here and drink my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll read your bio and just oh, you just goodness. sit back and enjoy. <laughs> it's like those people go, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> However come they on, do, let's stop. stop it. No. Come on, let's stop it. <laughs> you're pretty. No, you're pretty. <laughs> uh, well, you have lived a life, Claire. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> I bet. I'm hoping to learn a little bit. <laughs> Did we hit some? I know there's many highlights, but are there any other highlights you could graciously share with us? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, well, I just, we could keep going. <laughs> how, yeah. well, how about this? How did you start finding out that you really loved composition? Great question. Oh, okay, well, can we just start with music, period? Yeah, yeah please. Okay. My mom was minister of music in a church in North Carolina, and she enlisted my siblings and myself <laughs> to do a lot of things. And so when I was three years old, I was, in, she, I was too young to be in the children's choir, she mm-hmm. said. So during the Christmas program, I stood on the bench by my grandmother, and I sang away in the manger oh, with the other goodness. kids. So she put me in the children's choir. So anyway... The rest is history, of course. I, you know, grew up doing all sorts of things uh, musically in the church. Wow. 
and um, I decided to pursue uh, music education as an undergraduate. And um, I went to Wake Forest University as an mm, undergraduate. Nice. And got my degree and then went to the University of Colorado. Oh, by the way, my last semester um, at Wake Forest, a composer came onto the faculty. I had written a couple of pieces before that, basically choral pieces, and had shown them to my theory teacher and gotten a couple of pointers. Uh, but he was a bona fide composer. Wow. Mm. So, I mean, I knew <clears throat> the moment that... I started studying that this was it for me. Wow. And wow. so um, after graduation, I applied and got accepted to the University of Colorado at Boulder to do my master's. And, oh, my gosh, I wrote like a fiend. And I <laughs> owe so much to Charles Aiken, who was my um, my advisor. And I wrote in, in that one year and a half, I wrote so much music. Oh, wow. And... Um, I studied with him a little bit over the, the following summer. Was it mostly <clears throat> choral at this point as well? Everything. No, everything. Everything, everything. And my, my eyes and ears were opened to uh, new music, you know, Samuel Barber, et cetera. And so I just, I just took it all in, wow. soaked it in, and, and, and wrote a lot. And he taught me so much about so many different styles and things mm. that had been, this was in the 1970s, <clears throat> and so there were a lot of new things being tried out also. Yes. So it was a fertile time. That's neat. And then um, a year or so later, um, I moved to the New York area, and I had applied, I had applied to Yale. I from thought North I North really Carolina? To well, from to North Carolina. Colorado, I was born in Winston-Salem. To New York. <laughs> wow. And then to New York. And I applied to Yale and didn't get accepted. I didn't know you were supposed to, like, really actually talk to somebody there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, I was so disappointed. I bet. Um, and I, so I ended up applying to Juilliard for my doctorate and was accepted and studied with, was fortunate to study with David Diamond wow. primarily there and uh, Persichetti. And I also was very fond of the style of Elliot Carter mm. and have have implemented a lot of the different those those different styles together. For people who don't know who Elliot Carter is, what kind of that's me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay. this is so cool. It's like I'm <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> most of you would not know Elliot Carter and most most living people that aren't composers do not know Elliot Carter. Um, he was well known in Europe and and played a lot and respected so long before he was here. Um, the thing about his music is that it is very layered. Mm. And the more instruments that are involved, the more difficult it is to listen to. Yeah. And so a lot of people that have listened only to his um, orchestral music are very turned off by it. Interesting. But if you, I try to have people study... Um, uh, a trio that he wrote, and it's much easier to dissect, and you can see what's really going on, and it's a wonderful study. And the, he has um, the layers um, sort of imitate each other mm. gradually, and so they sort of overlap and then go away yeah. again. It's just it's fascinating. I think that's something about composition that is so fascinating is each composer has a little bit of a different take on things, but they always have their um, 
like when you start to dissect it, like the the imitating with the different instruments or the um, oh, they just have their own certain flair for the things that they do with that. When you start to dig into it, uh-huh. it's so interesting to see. Absolutely. And <clears throat> a lot of people are timid about listening to it because they say they don't understand it. We don't care. <laughs> you know, if you enjoy our music and it doesn't matter how intellectually you're enjoying it or just sit back and if you like it, you like it. You don't need to explain why. Yeah. I am fascinated because I don't hold any uh, book knowledge of, of music. I sing for fun, right? Unlike you two ladies who know your scales and all the, <laughs> all the different things that, that make up uh, music theory and I don't know now I'm just saying words but <laughs> I which is your gift <laughs> which is my gift words are my method <laughs> uh, but I was I was sharing with you before we started recording that I I was given a tiny glimpse into composing because my husband who is a musician he composed the music I walked down the aisle to and so, which was so beautiful. And I got to see how he, he started and just kind of oh, found a sound he liked and built around that and tried different things until he found the sound. But I, you said um, in your college days, you, would, you just wrote nonstop. What did, what did that look like? What was the process? I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Each piece comes about in a different way. Mm. And at that point, I was being taught different methods and so I would have a point of departure but uh, that helps it's interesting because who knows where inspiration comes from yes we are so fortunate and so blessed and I, I tell you there are two activities that I can do that will generally bring about ideas one is a long drive in which the car basically knows the way. Yes. <laughs> and the other one is a long walk without my dog, Alto. Oh. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Alto. <laughs> and uh, the thoughts just come without you trying to. And that is so interesting because that goes across uh, art forms. Because when I do, I do spoken word. That's, that's my method. And when I do my writing workshops with other uh, poets who, who want to learn, I tell them that same thing. And I say, the, the, for me, the two most, the best place I write is long drives. But for me as well is the shower. And so I actually, for the longest time, had a dry, I, I had a dry erase board in my shower <laughs> oh my so God. I could write down ideas because otherwise they disappear. Yeah. I know. I have had that happen, too. Yes. And I say that's, that's the time for non-thinking thinking. Yes. yes. That's when it happens. Wow. So we're, we're fortunate. I'm a little similar to Claire, the composer, <laughs> the amazing Juilliard attendee. <laughs> this is great. I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you mentioned scales, etc., right? Okay, I so I yes. learned all of those things. But as a composer, um, these days, there are a lot of different types of things that sort of replace scales mm-hmm. that don't have key signatures. And so when I Interesting. Sing, when I sing, it's like it's, I have to really, really remember, okay, what are sharps and flats here? Because I they're not in front of the notes. Like when I write them, they're in front of the notes. And so, yeah. <laughs> wow. so can, you, can you picture yourself there? I, I don't think so. <laughs> now we've gone above my head and I'm just back in awe. This is amazing. But anyway. It's amazing to me because composing probably partially I would think would be following rules and on the other side of it breaking rules. break those rules yes 
So you use the foundation of the rules of theory and that sort of thing. But to really make it interesting, there's probably the breaking of those rules as well. Correct. Correct. And sometimes each piece can sort of make its own rules or... um, that's probably a better way to put it, make its own rules. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just hard to describe. I'm sure. But it but it's, you know, I mean, you get initial ideas and then there's a lot of chug and chug <laughs> along, <laughs> you know, that goes along with it. <clears throat> and to the point that okay, I, I get my ideas and I have the notes in my head and I'll try out some things at the piano and then I go to the computer and I put them in and I make so many changes that I will save, after a, every little idea, basically, I will save my file on mm-hmm. um, the date name, and then I'll put an A, B, C, D, E, F, G beside it, but, so I can go back Wow! if I've really sort of gone crazy with it and, and <laughs> yeah. retrieve, yeah. retrieve a, a past. Back to the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and smart. I, and I get so lost in my writing that time has no meaning, mm. and that's when my dog Alto comes and barks and says, <laughs> either I need to go out or I need to eat, so yes. let's do it, Mom. <laughs> Thank God for reminder. our yeah, yeah. When you were going through school, you had this teacher composer, and you started to really understand this is what I want to do. Um, looking back now over your life is, has the dream changed at all or has it grown or looked different than what you thought? Well, you know, when, when you're my age or much younger, if you're still composing, it's a passion. It's not a career. It's not something you can change. Um, and you do whatever you need to do to, um, you know, Feed, feed the dog and yourself <laughs> and stay in a house. Yes. So um, we often see a large slice of life. Mm. I always thought to be a composer you had to either be independently wealthy or teach. Mm. And I have taught at different levels. Um, locally here was at uh, Palm Beach Atlantic University. and uh, I'm an alumni from, from PBA. I well, am, yeah. Say. There you go. And um, But I... I eventually realized that um, teaching was really not for me, Mm. and it was good to get back out into the community. Yes. And and so that's where I thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Us too. Community is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the community, (laughs) um, I don't know if you all have ever heard of Zimmerman's Cafe Chamber Music. I have, and I've been honored to attend. It's wonderful. (laughs) Can you tell us more about it? Well, yes. Zimmerman's Cafe um, chamber music got its name from um, Bach. Um, he and his cohorts would meet at this coffee house. Coffee was great in, in, in Bach's day. He even wrote a piece about it. Oh, yeah. But they would gather there and play each other's works for each other. Mm. And so Greg Stepanich and I, the co-founders, um, co-directors of Zimmerman's Cafe, thought, hmm, wouldn't it be interesting if we started um, a, a regular series of only contemporary music that was written by South Florida composers? Wow. And if Love we presented that. it in a non-formal um, context. And so we got together with the folks at um, St. Andrew's Episcopal mm-hmm. Church, who are lovely, and they love the arts. 
And we started a series there, not in the lovely sanctuary, which has a wonderful acoustic, yeah. but in the parish hall. Mm. And we encourage people that come to, they can come in their shorts, and we we have food and drink, including I wine. That. Now, that's always a... And people can can eat and drink while the music is being played, as long as they are you know, respectful. Respectful, yeah. and they are. And each composer is there. Um, well, we do occasionally play a, a piece by a deceased composer. Mm. And the composer will get up and introduce his or her work, and then the piece is played by a chamber music group, solo or chamber. And then the floor is open to um, the composer and the and the players wow. for the audience to ask questions. Oh, so that's they're seated cool. at round tables very yeah. informally and and they they have no qualms about asking anything. Some people know nothing about music and some people are very musically educated. And um, so it's 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 been wonderful. Our first um, event was in 2016 and we had them regularly um, twice a year, usually in April and October. Since then, except for when we were ousted by COVID, <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, as yeah. were a lot of exactly. every event. Yeah. Exactly. And our last event was in October, and we're sort of on hiatus now. Okay. Um, Craig and I both are very, very busy people, mm-hmm. and I really need to concentrate on writing mm-hmm. music right now and I'm working on an opera currently Wow! and so it's small scale but it's you know yeah. it's still an opera yeah. and so I need I need more time yeah. but for those listening we want to tickle their ear with the name Zimmerman's Cafe, Cafe. so if they see it come up they, they know I need to go to that absolutely yeah. the other thing that I took away from this besides I love that whole concept is did Bach create open mics <laughs> am I Following in his footsteps because I accept, and also I'm humbled by it. I don't How know. amazing! He may have had a megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> Probably looked a little different, but coffee shop and sharing art with your community, pretty yeah. spot on. Yes, I have to say that Bach is one of my great influences too. Wow! Because, um, relatively speaking, my work is contrapuntal. 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 Okay, that. For non-musicians. Okay, counterpoint yes. <laughs> is like, hmm, line against line as opposed to like a hymn, right. which is chords, chunk, 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 yeah. chunk. It's line, imitative line, line, yeah. imitative line. Yeah. So that really appeals to me. Mm. Very cool. So the last Zimmerman's Cafe, I think, that y'all had, I was able to go to, and um, they performed one of your pieces um, that was like what I would call like mixed media, which is not okay. the correct word, no, but um, it was like street sounds and a harp. Like, I don't know, maybe you can explain that a little bit. Okay, the piece was for harp and fixed media. Fixed, fixed media. media, you know, in the past it would have been tape or whatever, but now we can do that on the, the computer mm-hmm. and just have a playback CD uh, popped in. And then the live artist plays in sync with that. Oh, I love it's, that. It's notated, and the the piece was called Full Moon Circle. And Christina Finch, who's a wonderful harpist. She was amazing. Yes, she is. 
um, she had commissioned me to write the piece, and she wanted to have um, sounds that reflected the different neighborhoods around Miami. Mm. She and her husband at that point were living in Miami. And so um, this actually was an abridged version, and it sort of has become the version. <laughs> it's 13 minutes, and it seems to go by quickly, so I was afraid that 20 minutes might be too long. But um, it, it works well. And she does a phenomenal job. Yeah. And um, the piece is very difficult. And, oh, boy, writing for the harp is a challenge. Mm. But she was great to work with. And we're at this point going through and um, taking out some of the things that presented difficulties for her. Because if they, they're difficult for her, you know, you're, you're even good harpist is going to have, you know, difficulty. Yeah. So anyway, that it was amazing. I love um, outside of the box yeah. thinking with those sort of things. Yeah. So um, if you could speak to someone who's young and wants to be a composer and thinks I can only compose for a passion or I have to teach or whatever, what would you say to them? Well, actually, when I was teaching at the university level, I encourage people to have a second major or another field of study that they were interested in so that they would have the possibility to have a paying career <laughs> yeah. in addition yeah. to their composition. And some people, some composers are very, very clever at getting commissions and um, at getting consortium commissions. And, you know, people are natured different ways, mm -hmm. and some of us that are so composition oriented just aren't great at selling ourselves oh, that's so and it true. takes it takes a lot of time and energy yeah and i need to get better at it I, I, it's, that's hard when especially when you care so much about what you're creating to so then put a price tag on it you you just want it to be received and you want to share it with everybody clear i understand thank you thank you i, I would love to know in this, this amazing life that you've lived um what, what are some of your, I guess, proudest moments or most impactful moments that you've had? Oh, gosh. I guess my proudest moments are each time I have a work premiered mm. or played, for that matter. Yes. And I'm, and I'm in, the, in the audience especially. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Being able to share it with people and, and seeing. And hear it come to life. Yes. Right? Because we're unlike other artists in that uh, people that draw or paint, they can see that canvas. Mm -hmm. They can lift it up and look at it. We, we hear it in our heads, but there's nothing like hearing oh, even that first run-through that might be really bad. <laughs> it's like, yes. oh, my God, that's my baby. Yeah. You know? yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Wow. Can you think of any specific times where the the listener or audience reacted in a way that just made you feel so so proud. Any standouts? Oh, you know what? It's interesting. There was a moment in South Dakota, I think, in which I had, let's see, I think it was a woodwind quintet that was played for the first time, and it was commissioned by the group. And the people in the audience were farmers, uh, various people just from the community. Mm -hmm. They gave me such a warm round of applause, Aww. and I thought, oh, my God. You know, if I can reach people that obviously 
are not musicians yeah. and and they're just enjoying what they yeah. hear. That that was amazing. That is really that cool. was really amazing. Yeah. So where you are now, um, what does for those listening uh, or watching, what does support look like for you at this time in your life from the community? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, well, you know, I'm serious about this. If you've ever wanted someone to write a piece for any occasion, maybe it's for an anniversary yes. or a surprise or a birthday or whatever, um, do not be intimidated to reach out to me or any mm. other composer and and say, you know, could I commission you to write this? And you, it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. And and you can discuss your price range. Of course, yeah. With the composer and talk about a meaningful yeah, gift. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I have had that happen. Yeah. And um, you know, it's all too rare, but but it's wonderful. Yeah. It's really wonderful. So this kind of it might be a really strange question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Um, the difference between a composer and a songwriter, oh. is it just verbiage? Or do you think some people get intimidated like, oh, she's a composer. Like that sounds so incredibly like complex and amazing. Well, I think in my mind, the difference would be that a composer is somebody that has really studied composition mm. and the, the techniques involved. And a songwriter might be someone who has studied the techniques in just writing songs, um, to be yep. sung and made accompanied by one instrument or whatever. So to me, it's like a different genre. It's, oh, yeah. Together. Yes, and yeah. there's all these layers and to it's composition. Not, it's not to downgrade the person that's a songwriter no. at all. Mm -mm. It's just a just different, different, different yeah. genre. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to encourage people, if they ever reach out to Claire, that um, don't be intimidated yeah. by the word composer. It just means it's so much richer and yeah. fuller in deep depth And we write it. songs, too. <laughs> I've written song cycles, which are generally um, songs that are written by mm, sometimes the same poet or different poets that have some sort of theme running through them. Mm. And um, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Is there anything else, Kel, that you want to ask? I think that we've. I, I like what you have said that encouraging young people to have a secondary mm. because it doesn't have to be and it can be both yeah. and right. um you don't have to composer or bust you know kind yeah. of thing mm -hmm. you can compose and do other things it doesn't mean you're not a talented mm. musician it doesn't mean you're not accomplished yeah. um it's i i thought that was really really great input yeah. so where can people find you claire oh my goodness <laughs> is there a website or anyone you want anywhere? well there is a website claireshore.com perfect and you know what you can call me if you want to <laughs> <laughs> that works yeah. can I give out my phone number if of you're course. okay yeah. with it and I love texting you okay. can text me if you oh. want to call and sometimes I'm not available and you can text me if I don't answer okay 561 252 
0987. Start a conversation. Text yes. the composer. <laughs> that, that is great. I love it yeah. too. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your story. I am blown away by you. No. You're a gem and in Lake Worth that, yes. that many people don't realize. Yeah. So are you. And one day I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to have a discussion with you two. Okay. About your lives. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much, ladies. You're this has so been wonderful. welcome. Yes, uh, thank Kelly, you. This was a good conversation. Yes, it was. Yeah. And to all of you listening, thank you so much for taking some time. We hope you are inspired uh, that you maybe want to get out there and try to compose a little something or connect, that connect with yeah. a composer inspired to maybe step out of the gift comfort zone and do something a little bit unique uh, or go to a performance. Uh, look up some local composers. We definitely have a community of them here in South Florida. Uh, so thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Conversations with myself, Jeanette Brown, Kelly Olive, yes. and Claire Shore. We are so grateful and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And hey, what like. are you doing before? Yeah, thank yes. you. Uh-huh. Before, what are you doing? Click like, click subscribe. <laughs> Go listen to all Share of our past conversations. Share with somebody so that we can continue to have more conversations. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and join us for the next episode.